Good morning. Welcome to chapel. This morning I'd like to begin by lighting the lamp as a symbol of Christ's presence with us. Good morning and welcome to chapel. Um, for our hymn sing today, we are going to be taking your requests, but we have a few um, things that we'd like you to consider when you're choosing your hymns. Um, one, the hymn numbers should be in multiples of four. The hymns shouldn't have mixed meters. It has to be upbeat. And, you know, to honor our core values, we hope that you choose hymns that say Jesus at least once. Um, talk about peace and preferably are in another language or at least about the world. Um, they need to use inclusive language, definitely, and they also need to be in the key of G. It's a really good key. Um, and altos, oh, poor altos. We need to choose hymns that only, that uh, have more than one pitch for the altos throughout the hymn. Um, oh, and Tuesday is Wear No Shoes Day in honor of people around the world who, you know, don't wear shoes. And so uh, when you request to him, we ask that you hold up a shoe. So um, <laughs> are there requests? What, what, what requests do you have? Do I hear, do I hear number 548? I think I do. Huh. Okay, will you please turn in your blue hymnals to number 548? And our dear friends from Hymnal House are going to start us out with the first with the first verse and then we ask you to join in on the second. You can join in on the second, third and fourth verses. Thank you. 
Teach me thy truth, O mighty one. From sin, O make me free. Prepare my life to fill its place. In service, Lord, for Accept my talents, great or small. Choose thou the path for me, where I shall labor joyously in service, Lord, for. some more requests, please? Anyone? Shout it out. Remember the rules. Anybody? Six Do I hear 66 in the green hymnal? I think I heard that. And in the green hymnal, too, I think. If the war goes on 
Everybody, if the war goes on and we close the doors of heaven, if the war goes on and we reach the gates of hell, if the war goes on and we ever be forgiven, if the war goes chapel so um, we're gonna go ahead and do that one next and you can all sing on all the verses Hum the word house?
Well, I think we've learned a valuable lesson. Nouns can be offensive, so we're just going to sing this through, um, and we're going to hum every noun, pronoun, and verb ending in ing. <laughs> Starting from the beginning, and we'll probably just do one verse. <laughs> what is this? interpret this. Do you want to try to interpret this? <laughs> I'm fed up with this. I am sick of this. Also, people continuing bothering us, interrupting. How am I supposed to interpret this? Whatever. I'm done. You know what? I have a few complaints. Okay. No, I have 25,000 complaints. You just wait a minute. The first one, people coming up here, speaking all softly. How am I supposed to interpret that? I can't hear that! <laughs> Second of all, people coming up here, speaking all fast. How am I supposed to interpret that? I can't hear that fast. I can't follow that. Third of all, so many guest speakers coming in from different countries. They're lecturing with their thick accent, those big words. They're so extravagant. How am I supposed to interpret that? I don't understand that. Do you understand what they're saying? I don't think so. Fourth, Always people thinking that the interpreter is always on the side. I'm just always on the side. I want to be in the middle for, a, for one chance. I just want to sign. I just want to do this. Also, I'm just fed up with this music. I don't want to do this same old hymn stuff. I want to do a new song. Yeah, a new song. Okay. All right, come up, Jill.
a little scripture. <laughs> okay, where's Jim Brenneman? I'm going to show him how it's really done. <laughs> I say, trust and obey, there is no better way. I am Isaiah and I say a Messiah will come and get the job done. Not a warrior with his gun or a king with his bling, but a Messiah, a suffering servant who suffers in righteousness and holiness to clean up all our mess. I say, it's not my beat. <laughs> I say, trust and obey, there is no other way. All your gods with their powers will crumble in dry flowers. There'll be dust in my hand. Just hopping around like grasshoppers on the ground. I'm the real thing and make the rocks and trees sing. So clap your hands. In all the lands, I say, clap your hands. To my table they will come when my day is done. Washington to ride into Tea Party to riders and Washington insiders. Rejoice in salvation. And glorify this nation instead of spewing execration. So trust and obey until the final day. When I'll wipe away the tears from the faces. There will be no more disgraces. No more death to the nations, no more high fortifications, but peace in the land. So, your hands. Turn that on. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah. You're not laughing over a passage of sacred scripture. Yeah. Great stuff. Excuse. What? But that's offensive. I belong to the Christian Piety and Sobriety Society, CPSS for short. You may have heard of us. No, but uh, I had a Sunday school teacher once who uh, could have been a charter member. Our motto is, Jesus wept. <laughs> well, what about verses like, the joy of the Lord is my strength? Jesus didn't say that. Well, his early followers apparently found some joy in being Christians. Actually, if you look at the original German, you'll see that it is likely the result of textual infidelity. Instead of Freude or joy, it should be read Friede or peace. So originally it meant the peace of the Lord is my strength. And I'm sure you'll all agree with me that peace is no laughing matter. 
I see, well, thanks for clearing that up. <laughs> uh, of course, I agree, peace is serious business. Uh, but are you saying then that there really is no joy or humor appropriate for the followers of Jesus? Humor? Certainly not. Why, the next thing you'll know, they'll have so-called humorists providing unseemly entertain entertainment at church-related colleges and universities. When we fall that low, we'll know it's all over. Mm, I see what you mean. Let me read to you what David Burkholder wrote in the Gospel Herald, the now defunct denominal paper of a now defunct denomination. <laughs> Laughing is one of the many evils in this world which the Bible condemns and which is practiced by a good many indifferent Christian professors <laughs> whose spiritual life seems to be at a low ebb. And he wrote, it is, I am sad to say, and yet it is too true, that some ministers who claim to be ambassadors for Christ would be um, better qualified for clowns because of their, they entertain people with humorous antidotes and foolish comical stories which excite laughter and confusion in the audience. Hmm. <laughs> Who is this David Burkholder and when was that article published? Was he the founding president of your society? There is no date, but it was probably published sometime after 1908. When the Gospel Herald started, and Burkholder was probably the great-great-grandfather of your mother's first cousin once removed, and you don't even know it. Now that's funny. <laughs> Listen again to Burkholder. Webster defines laughter as, ex as convulsive merriment and expressive of mirth um, peculiar to man consisting in a peculiar noise, configuration of features, and a shaking of the sides and expulsion of breath. This is the kind that which the Bible so severely condemns. So you can see, excessive laughter is altogether uncalled for and unbecoming for Christian people. Hmm. So we're to be the congregation of the joyless. Is that what you think the Bible teaches? Certainly not. Joy properly understood is entirely appropriate. We believe biblical joy is pious and sober, thus the name of our society. Well, I'm not sure I know what pious and sober joy is supposed to mean. I mean, it sounds kind of like a contradiction to me, like humble pride or a skeptical faith. That's true joy, fully compatible, compatible with piety and sobriety. Again, let me quote Burkholder. Some people think a person cannot enjoy himself without laughing, but this is a sad mistake. Well, perhaps a sinner cannot, but a child of God certainly can. If any man is merry, let him sing psalms. James 5, 13. Well, okay, but what about the humorous parts of the Bible? I beg your pardon. Well, you know, those passages of Scripture that make you grin or chuckle or even laugh out loud. I don't follow. Things like, you know, Balaam's ass. <laughs> we prefer the term donkey. Mule, or even onager. Balaam's orating onager? That's almost as good as Balaam's. Uh, as I was saying, don't you find some passages in the Bible somewhat, you know, like lighthearted, whimsical, uh, ironic? We believe there is serious truth in every verse of the Bible, even those that appear upon less sober reflection to be humorous. Well, sure, but you must admit there's a lot of laughter in the Bible. Abraham laughed, Sarah laughed, you know, and for good reason. They, they named their son Yitzchak, God laughs. It's like one big laugh fest back there in patriarch and matriarch land. Hardly. The point is, we think Abraham's was a bitter, painful laughter, as with all hundred-year-old couples who find out they're pregnant. <laughs> no way! <laughs> When Abraham gets the news, he falls on his face laughing. Classic case of denial. The poor man was in extreme distress. 
Well, what about the sexual innuendo? I mean, you know, Sarah's laughing to herself when she finds out, she says, can I be fertile at this age and my old man is a bruised reed and a dimly burning wick? <laughs> she doesn't say that. Well, okay, maybe I conflated a few verses, but surely the whole situation is intended to be hilarious. I mean, talk about a senior moment. Uh, they've been trying to have kids for like 75 years, and all of a sudden, bang, no pun intended. <laughs> I suppose you all think it's funny too when a Abraham gets circumcised at age 99. <laughs> yeah, we do. We do. <laughs> Your problem is you think all laughter is the same. A wince is the same as a grin. Haven't you ever read Proverbs 14, 13? Even in laughter, the heart is sad and the end of joy is grief. Well, what about Samson? I mean, you know, there's a laugh a minute in that story. He tells his funny riddle to the Philistines. They find out the answer by getting his wife to nag him about it for a week until he tells her and she tells them. And then Samson says, if you hadn't plowed with my heifer, you wouldn't have found out the answer to my riddle. <laughs> Disgusting. <laughs> well, other than he goes out and kills a thousand Philistines with the uh, dentation of a donkey. And I'm told to this day, thousands of retail sales are ruined by the same instrument. Uh, I, I, come on, jawbone of an ass, isn't that even slightly amusing? Not in the least. Even apart from the matter of excessive and brutal slaughter of a thousand men, had you bothered to consult the best commentaries, you would know that the mandible of a mule was the weapon of choice in the 11th century. It was sort of the Colt 44, so to speak, of P.O. Hebrew judges. Nothing funny there. Well, okay, how about Elijah and the prophets of Baal? Give me 1 Kings 18 and a cup of joe, and I can be entertained for hours. <laughs> Why am I not surprised? I mean, it's like the finals of the World Championship God calling contest up there at Mount Carmel, Elijah against the 400 prophets of Baal. The Baalites are going at it all morning, calling out, limping around the altar, calling themselves, uh, cutting themselves to get Baal's attention, no answer. So Elijah says, Call louder. Maybe Baal's meditating, or he took a trip, or he wandered off to wet his feet, you know, to put it delicately, take a tinkle. <laughs> now, there's a good example of levity leading to lasciviousness. <laughs> yeah, or maybe he's sleeping and has to be woken up. I mean, it's a hoot. It does sound a bit like a production Fox Network, at least the way you tell it. I prefer to think of it as just another prophetic bail out. Hey, watch it. That had the tinny tone of a bad pun. Finish the thought. Am I detecting just a teeny bit of levity on a biblical topic? Once again, you're misconstruing the plain sense of the text and twisting perfectly sober sentiments to suit your apparently desperate needs to indulge in buffoonery. You probably chuckle and chortle your way through the obituaries every morning. Oh, lighten up. Ecclesiastes says, there's a time to laugh. And a time to weep. Psalm 30 says, weeping may linger for the night, but joy comes with the morning. Jesus said, woe to you who are laughing now, for you will mourn and weep. <laughs> well, what about Jeremiah's famous underwear theology? In chapter 13, God tells the prophet to go buy some underwear and then go hide it in a hole in a rock down by the river. And then after many days, he's instructed to retrieve his underwear, and of course, it's ruined. The receipt's lost, the warranty's expired, and the Lord says, just as this underwear clings to your loins, so I made the whole house of Israel and the whole house of Judah cling to me, says the Lord. <laughs> but they would not listen. So now they shall be like this underwear, ruined and good for nothing. 
Granted, it is a bit odd as theological me metaphors go. I think it would preach well. <laughs> Get thee out of my sight, you dirty skivvies. <laughs> the youth especially could relate. <clears throat> the end is near, therefore be sane and sober. First Peter 4 through 7, 4, 7. Ah, well surely you would acknowledge all those funny sounding names in the Bible. I mean, you know, Abimelech, Ahimelech, Amihud, Ahihud, Azbuk, Bakbukia, Bedad, Bedan, Belzebub, Lord of the Flies, Bigtha, Bigthana, Bigvas, Bildad the Shuhite, shortest man in the Bible, Bilga, Bilgai, Bilha, Bilhan, Bilshan, Banui, Blastus, Buki, Bukia, Buna, Buni, Buzi, Booz, Carcass, Carcass, time for supper. Kush, Kushi, Kuza, Crispus, Cosby, Dodo, Dodai, Dodavahu, Eliam, Elidad, Elihu, Elia, Elika, Elifal, Eliphaz, Eliphalet, Elishali, Shua, Eliad, Elizur, Elishama, Gog, Magog, Gomer, Guni, Hadad, Ham, Hapizez, Harum, Harumpa, Hen, Heifer, Hobab, Hoham, Homam, Horam, Hoba, Hoppa, Hoppim, Iddo, Ir, Eri, Ira, Iram, Yehoash, Yehoadah, Yehoadin, Yehoahaz, Yehokanan, Yehoiakim, Yehoiakim, Yehoiada, Yehoiarib, Yehonadab, Yehoshaphat, 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 Kish, Matan, Mataniah, Matatha, Matata, Matanai, Matatan, Matat, all nicknamed Matt, no doubt. Mena, Mibkar, Mibza, Mibza, Muppim, Mash, Mushi, Nibat, Nebo, Neko, Pekka, Flagon, Pildash, Pilcha, Piltaipua, Ribeye, Shaggy, or is it Shaggy? Sheshar, Sheshan, Sheshbazar, Shobach, Shobai, Shobal, Shobek, Shobi, Shoham, Shomer, Shopach, Pelem, Zaza, Ziza. Now, if you can take all that with a straight face, I'm gonna come over there and check for a pulse. In 2,000 years, I'm, pretty, I'm sure Paul will sound pretty funny too. People will say, oh, Paul, he's so appalling. You know, they say the pun is the lowest form of humor, but it is technically a form of humor, and so congratulations. You probably wouldn't be impressed by biblical humor that gets lost in translation either, would you? I like Isaiah 25, 8 and he will swallow up death forever. What could possibly be funny about that? Because the West Semites imagined death not as the Grim Reaper, but as a monster that swallowed its victims, so the swallower gets swallowed. Delicious irony, don't you think? You're right, I'm not impressed. Oh, well, maybe you've never read, he who sits in the heavens laughs, Psalm 2. Perhaps you've overlooked the Lord laughs in derision at all the nations, Psalm 59. And there's that priceless proverb, whoever rises early in the morning and blesses his neighbor with a loud voice will have it accounted to him as cursing. And, and Ecclesiastes answers, Sor sorrow is better than laughter, for by sadness and countenance of heart, countenance, the heart is made glad. You are one tough nut to crack. I do have a sense of humor, albeit tempered by piety and sobriety. You just haven't tickled it yet. Tickled it. I don't think I could touch it with the, you know, the, the jawbone thing. Uh, what about Amos's ironic admonishment and the unofficial motto of Tabor College? Go to Bethel and sin. <laughs> Part of an oracle judgment, nasty stuff. 
Besides, as everyone knows, if you're serious about sitting, go to Goshen. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Well, how about the psalmist's rebuke? I will accept no bull from this house. That passage is about idolatrous sacrifices, and you know it. I will accept no bull from this house. <laughs> and Jesus' parables are full of ironic images. A camel going through the eye of a needle, seeing the speck in a neighbor's eye, not noticing the log in your own. Actually, there's a more serious side to that one. <laughs> You've got something in your eye. <laughs> uh, 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 you know, straightening the, uh, out the gnat and swallowing the camel. Uh, sorry, no, no, that's a judgment oracle. It's a curse too heavy. It is serious, but imagine it from his angle. Here are the Pharisees laboring to strain out the gnats, but they don't even seem to notice the gigantic, hairy, smelly camel with incredibly long legs, padded feet, and an ugly Roman nose, and, and a bulbous hump. It is, in my pious and somber opinion, that a chuckle here may be justified. Okay, well, I can't think of any other examples. Well, what about Zacchaeus? The big, bad tax, tax, letter, tax collector who is too short, he had to climb up in a tree just to see Jesus. No, I, I can't think that is funny because my mom's only five feet tall. I'm a bit sensitive about making fun of the vertically challenged. <laughs> I'm amazed you haven't mentioned J Jonah. How's that for irony? The prophet of God is called to go, one, to go one way and flees in the opposite direction. And then Phoenician sailors on the fast boat to Tarshish are more pious than he is. Pious sailors, that's funny. <laughs> then he gets to Nineveh and delivers a five-word oracle and the whole city from the king to the cows repent and put on a sackcloth. And the prophet is peeved because he, he wants to see the Ninevites destroyed, not saved. So he says, it is better for me to die than to live. That's rich. Letterman and Leno couldn't buy some material that good. Yeah, I'm afraid I find the theme of running away from the Lord a bit sobering, for personal reasons. <laughs> You're taking yourself too seriously. Well, faith is serious business. And don't forget David Burkholder. <laughs> but you can't imagine God not having a sense of humor. He created us, after all. <laughs> can I get a membership card from that organization you belong to? Here, take mine. You can have my bow tie, too. Can I borrow this Bible? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Our final song is going to be Rain Down in Your Green Sing the Journeys. So if you can turn to number 49 rain down. And there are three verses. Um, let's have the sophomores and seniors and fifth years and whatnot sing the first verse. Um, and the second verse, first years, juniors, and faculty. And then whoever wants on the third verse. And let's stand.
Thanks, everyone, for coming to this lighthearted chapel. May you go forth and play.